as always, it's so good to be with you, and hope your summer's going well. How's it going? Going pretty good? I won't mention school, okay? All right, we won't mention that one. Hope you're enjoying yourself, having a great time. Looks like some of you are getting some really good tans out there. That's always fun, isn't it? Well, I pray for you every day that you will truly have a good, relaxing, and enjoyable summer. Today's readings are all about the importance of being pastoral. Pastoral, pastor, pasture, you know, meaning to be loving and caring towards others through your actions and through your words. And we hear that thread all throughout the readings of the 23rd Psalm, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. I mean, how good does it get? I mean, that's pretty good, isn't it? I don't really want anything. The Lord, Lord provides and cares for me, leads me beside still waters where I can drink. He gives me all of the food that I need and sustenance. He watches over me. I, just all kinds of really neat stuff. And then we see Jesus. He's, uh, you know, they're really ramping up now in the ministry and the popularity of Jesus. And so much so that they can't even get time to rest or eat. So, uh, you know, you see that compassionate side of him and ministering to the needs of the people, but you also see him saying, hey, let's take a break. We need to take a break. Things have been a little crazy lately. And then the, those, those verses when he sees the people, how it's a pastoral to them that uh, he just has tremendous mercy and compassion, a, a pastoral kind of spirit. So what I'd like for us to do this morning, because I think it's really important in the culture that we're living in today, is to take a few moments to focus on the importance of our words in building people up. Our words in building people up because it is so needed today. Now, we talked about shepherds and things like that last week. What I want to talk to you about this week is you being pastoral. You know, there's a pastoral vocation, but we're all called to be pastoral. That's part of being a Christian, is to share the love of God, the love of Christ with others. I mean, that's very evident. Jesus says that about a million times, and that's what we're supposed to do. So all of us are pastoral. We, all throughout the course of our day, we're going to have tons of opportunities to be pastoral with our words, to be kind, and to be merciful with our words. So you have to remember something. Words are tremendous. They possess a tremendous power and a tremendous ability to infuse us with life and to transform us when they are pastoral, when they are positive, uplifting words. And they also possess the power of death when we speak them to others in a caustic kind of way. Uh, that's how powerful words are. I keep thinking of a Clint Eastwood movie, you know, and he goes up to the Indian chief and he says, are we speaking death or life? And he was talking about guns, and I was thinking, you know, what's it going to be? Uh, but really, as, as you think about it, words are more powerful than guns ever thought about being because you have so much power there. Power of life and the power of death, so very interesting. Um, pastoral conversations have become increasingly difficult these days. Now, there's, uh, maybe, maybe you think about it as well. 
One of those is that we are taught to be critical in our thought processes. Critical thought, that's when you go to school, that's what you learn. You learn how to analyze and dissect and take things apart. Where's the, where's the weak points on it? How do we beat those up? How do we make it stronger? And we can, we can transfer that kind of mentality into our interactions with human beings. We can analyze their actions and what they do and we can try to make, maximize their efficiency, so to speak, identifying kinds of problems. But the reality is we, we have to be careful. Uh, you know, human beings are not pieces of steel or they're not a two by four plank. They're nothing like that, an inanimate object. But uh, a human being is someone with heart, with soul, with brain, with mind, all of those kinds of things. You're wondrously made, aren't you? And uh, so it's very important. You're sensitive. Are you sensitive? Well, I am. I don't know about you, but uh, what do you, how do you feel when people speak positive and uplifting things to you? Do you like that? How do you, how do you feel when people are derogatory towards you or talk behind your back? You like that? No. Well, then why should we feel any different when we interact with other people? Now, I know that um, I, like, I like what's called Southern hospitality. We're, we're sort of in that belt of Southern hospitality, but I like that. I like being able to show people compassion and kindness and warmth and all of those kinds of things. I hope we never get away from that Southern hospitality. Um, I like what the honeycomb writer said. He said that pleasant words, these are pleasant words, are a honeycomb. They are sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Isn't that what you need? I know that's what I need. Uh, that's exactly what I need. Another reason that we neglect putting, uh, putting a dash of care into our conversations of being pastoral with other people is but because we're stressed out. We have a lot of stresses going on in our lives today, and I don't need to ask you that question. I know the answer to that one. And what it does when we're stressed out, it takes us to the edge of being civil with people. Civility is a big word nowadays, isn't it? As we think about talking to other people, it's sort of like the aeronautical term, taking us to the, to the envelope or the envelope uh, of our of practice of being civil with other people. And uh, because we're stressed out, it puts us on the edge, as they call it. And it's really hard to go the extra mile. It's hard to be pleasant sometimes, especially when you come home after you've had a hard day at work and you've just been fighting battles left and right. But you've got to leave it at the door. You've got to leave it at the door. You, you know, your family doesn't need to hear that. Uh, what they need to hear is positive and uplifting things and how you can encourage them because guess what? They've had the same kind of day as well. Most likely they have. Um, let us not forget what Paul had to write to the church at Colossae. He said this, let your conversations be always seasoned with mercy. Well, here's another one that comes from Proverbs. Solomon wrote this one. A cheerful look, just a smile, you know, just a twinkle in your eye. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart 
and good news gives health to the bones. Oh, that's the power of words, isn't it? Words have the power of life. Words have the power of death. So what I'd like for us to do is look at a couple of ways that we can improve, because I know you want to. I know it's stressful out there today, but how that we can improve in our ability to be more pastoral in our interactions with other people. And we're all called to do that. The first thing is think before you speak. You ever, does your mind get ahead of your mouth sometimes? You ever do that? Mine does. Uh, and what is it that we should think about? Well, we should think about only using only words that build people up. Now, man, that's hard to do. It's hard to do, but that's what we're called to do. Once again, I'll say it. Words have the power of life and death. Remember that. That's how powerful words are. You don't need guns or knives to be able to inflict or to make things good. They have the power to do that. And so as the dearly loved people of God, that's you, that you're a child of God, you're called to live in the ways of God and imitate the nature and the example that Jesus set before us. It means that we are to show mercy. We are to show compassion to other people. And when we do that, we're showing them dignity and respect. Um, I like what St. John Vinnie said. He's, he's a great saint. He said, love for our neighbor consists of three things. To desire the greater good of everyone. That's a good one, isn't it? To do what good we can, when we can. And to bear, excuse, and hide others' faults. That's, that's a really good one, isn't it? So think before you speak. That's really important. A second one, a more important one, is refuse to participate in gossip. You ever seen somebody gossip? There's a kind of thing going on, you know, over in the side or in the corner. And you walk up and they, they get quiet. Ooh, I guess they're having me for dinner tonight, right? They don't do that, do they? People don't gossip like that, do they? Do they judge other people and do things like that? Well, maybe. Uh, but this is an area of grave concern today. Um, you know, it's sort of like... We talk about others, and a lot of it has to do with the reasons I've already mentioned. But remember this. It's extremely important to use charitable words when you're talking about someone else. Words that build that person up. You know, if you, if you're, if you gossip, if you are very judgmental about people, it's really hard to, for them to be built up. And you're affecting, you're impacting the attitude of the person that you're talking about. Uh, see, here's the reality. Did Jesus ever go around gossiping? I don't know of an example where he did. I don't think he did. There's no examples of him doing it. Because it it's not life-giving. It's not life-producing. He didn't go around and do that. Uh, so remember... There's no room for gossip, really isn't. And if you can bridle, so to speak, what they call it in Proverbs, if you can bridle your tongue, uh, you can really do some wonderful things in terms of the power of being good. I like what Solomon said again. You know, he, after all, he was the wisest guy on earth, right? Uh, that's what God said about him. It says that without wood, 
a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Isn't that good? You know, if you quit, if you quit gossiping about things, it's amazing how much things tend to die down and go away. There's no more fuel. You can't add fuel to the fire, so to speak. So refuse, absolutely refuse to participate, not only for the sake of the person that you're gossiping about, but also for yourself. And that's, that's point number three. See, when you gossip, when you speak uncharitably about other people, it affects you. It's not just, you know, it's, it, it really does. It affects you. Because what it does is it opens to the door to what's called spiritual pride. Spiritual pride, meaning I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And uh, not true. I mean, we're all equal in Christ. Uh, it's, so it's really vital, it's very essential that we only use charitable words, charitable words. Stay away because um, spiritual pride, thinking that you're better than somebody else is spiritual poison. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's deadly to the soul. And it'll, you can only go so far in your relationship with God and others if you've got that poison in your system. You've got you to let go of it. See, it affects you just as much as it affects the ones that you're criticizing. So uh, I like what St. Padre Seal, the saints, they always had a good perspective. He says this. You remember him? He says, I cannot tolerate gossip. He says, we have so many faults to criticize in ourselves. I don't need to turn on somebody else. I can just turn on myself. Why pick on others? So if your conversations are not seasoned with mercy, remember this. When the time comes, if you're, if you're critical, if you're judgmental, if that sense of pride, spiritual pride of being better than others keeps surfacing at the top, Here's something that happened. This is sort of a little side effect that we, do, we, don't, we don't like. And Jesus himself said it. He said that you will be judged based upon the way that you judge other people. Ooh, you know, so if you judge people in your conversations, guess what? When you're up to bat, you'll be judged in the same way. That's, that's exactly what he said, it'll be measured out to you just like you measured out to others. And uh, what good is that? That's, that's not really a, really a whole lot of good, isn't it? So um, I like this phrase. Do you agree with this phrase? What goes around comes around, doesn't it? Does it work that way? Yeah, you give it out, you get it back eventually somewhere down the road. Why do that? Why not? Why not just show mercy and love and, and receive that? Because someday you're going to need it. We all do. We make mistakes. We, we mess up. Someday you're going to need it. And then are you re are you, what are you going to receive uh, when that happens? The final thing, uh, if you want to be more pastoral in your speech, and I know you do, uh, I just know it's hard to be able to do it, is to think about the children. Think about the children. See, you're an, ex you're an adult. Somewhere, you're, you make a big, you're an authority figure in people's lives. 
there's, there's people in life. And, and that's also children. Children are that way. So what children are doing, they're watching you. They're watching how you speak to people. They're watching how you interact with people. And guess what they'll do? They'll do the same thing. They do one of two things, and I've seen it go both ways. Some people, they will act like that person. They'll dish it out really harshly to others, or they'll just resist it and fight you all the way. It's like this really doesn't make sense. So we have to be especially mindful when we're around children. See, children haven't developed alligator skin yet. You ever heard that? You know, we get alligator skin where we're really tough for the things that come in life. They've not done that. Their their, their soul is not there yet. They're they're much more open and mindful. And so what we're called to do is to be gentle. We have to be careful because, I mean, let's face it, where where does a lot of the heat come? It comes in the home after you've been at work all day. You come home, you're not in a good mood, and you just sort of ring people out, don't you? And, and kids are watching that. And it, it t- keeps going on and on. There's a, word, there's a phrase for it in the Bible. You know what it's called? It's called the sins of the father. You ever heard that? That's in the scripture. That's, past, that's learning and passing it on to the next generation and to the next generation. And it's really hard to break that. It's really hard to break that. So don't be, do it to begin with. But I like what Paul wrote. He says this, set a good example in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. And if you do that, you'll have a very positive impact in the lives of your children and their children and their children's children as well. So I'd like to leave you a couple of thoughts for reflection this morning. First of all, ask the Holy Spirit. That's where it has to start. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be a more pastoral person with other people. And remember this. What a f- remember that you are... You possess a tremendous power. You possess a tremendous force to do good in the world. So do it. And the second thing is this. Maybe if you've gossiped about somebody, and God, I'm sure none of you have done that lately, have you? But if you've gossiped about somebody lately, why not speak something good about that person to another person? Do that. Lift them up instead of tear them down. God bless all of you and have a wonderful day.